Welcome, everybody, to Self-Evident Podcast. You got Massey. You got Mike. He's back on the skills. I'm back, and we are... This is the first time we've done a double. We're pulling a duel, right? Yeah. A dual shift here. And uh, so if you guys are joining us for the first time, please go to theselfevidenttruth.com. You guys can find out a ton more information about us. You guys can also comp yourself some great merch. <laughs> Get it. Support Buy your it. boys. Here we go. Support your boys. Support a Mexican family here in Florida, which is mine. And uh, <laughs> I'll just keep going, man. Uh, if you guys want to share this video with many people because we need to get the message out there of liberty, that's what sets uh, this podcast apart from others. We don't care about current politics because we feel it's divisive. It's about liberty here, and God gives us liberty through his law and also our Constitution and uh, the Bill of Rights written. So um, here's what we know. Right now, if you notice, the Bill of Rights were written to the individual. I'm going to kind of go here first before we continue on our thing. The Bill of Rights was written to protect the individual, not a collectivist group, not. And if you look at it's it, it, the, the First Amendment, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or pro to prohibit the people from the free exercise thereof, nor can it abridge the freedom of speech. Nor It doesn't say anything about a group doing it. It's me doing it. Right. And one of the biggest tragedies that we've been seeing lately is and I'm saying in the media is we're looking at a group of people saying that must be a noble cause and they must be doing right because there's a bunch of people behind it. That doesn't mean anything. The bottom line is America was created as an individualistic uh, society. Now, some of you will say, well, that's ridiculous, man. It's kind of selfish, isn't it, bro, to think of the individual over the group, right? And we're going to get into that today, so you can go yeah. right on ahead with it. Um, before we get anywhere else, we're going to show you a video, and I want you to just watch this video, and then we'll, we'll kind of talk about the situation that's going on there. So, watch the Kristen, video. go ahead and throw it up there. Watch the video. in that video is he was asked a question mm. are you going to abolish the police mm. he gave an answer that was not acceptable by the group and he was cast out of the group unbelievable not just cast out shamed for even answering contrary to what they wanted him to say right and this whole idea of so we're going to give this a title it's called struggle sessions now it was a process it's been recorded since as early as 1920s yeah. In can, the Soviet delve, Union. Yeah, delve into that a minute because yeah. like people think this is a new concept. It's really not. No, nothing no. new under the sun, you know? No, and I, I'm glad you point that out because people think this this whole mob mentality, mm. public shaming, it's it's new to us what's going on. But oh, I'm, dude. I want to show you guys that this is actually a really well-established tactic. It's actually demonic, dude, it, in the end. It really it's demonic. Is. It really is. And it's very connected to the idea of collectivism. So in the 1920s in the Soviet Union, it was a practice they used public humiliation in order to retrain a dissident person and a lot of times it was somebody who actually agreed with the collective they just happened to give an opinion that was contrary to the rest of the group uh, so there's there's a uh, we'll go to the slide we'll go to slide one um, Harold Ulig 
He lost his position as a consultant to the Chicago Fed, and he was placed on leave from his editorial position at the Journal of Political Economy for merely voicing opposition to defunding the police. He actually cited policy reforms from Democrats as an alternative, right? So this guy isn't super hardcore conservative that, you know, is coming out against this whole thing. Mind you, he's teaching, he's part of the Chicago Fed. He's teaching, or he has an editorial position at the Journal of Political Economy. He's citing Democrat solutions for, for the whole police situation. Purely because he voiced opposition from defunding the police, everybody's been calling for his head and for him to resign. Let's go to slide two. You have James Bennett, editor of the New York Times. Massey, if, if we had to guess, do you think New York Times more conservative, <laughs> from a little more liberal? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, there's definitely an agenda in the media. Nobody knows. And, you know, what's that saying? If it bleeds, it leads. And, you yep. know, if you guys do any research on any of the media, the major conglomerates, dude, it's owned by what? A conglomerate of just three yeah, or four people yeah. that own 26 of the major publications out there. And so you're going to push a narrative eventually. You yeah. know what I mean? And especially with the New York Times, we've all seen what they've been doing. And honestly, other journalists who were formerly at the New York Times have come out and said, you got to be liberal in order to be here. Now, the whole reason that I'm pointing that out is James Bennett, an editor, ran an op-ed by Tom Cotton where Tom Cotton was discussing the option of the Insurrection Act. Mm. Purely by even running the op-ed of a differing opinion, he was forced to resign. He had people that were under him saying this amounts to violence for him to give this opinion. There's something going on here that's, that's a pattern that we're trying to point out here. And when we get into individualism versus collectivism, yep. it's... What is the value of the person, their ideals, their opinions, yeah. their beliefs versus you know, one side or the other, right? Yeah, and I think that's kind of the biggest thing here is if you don't value the individual, do you really have a true collectivist group? Like if nobody's on the same page and you're forcing people to be a part of it, this is what I find funny about ideas, right, especially government ideas. Um, if it's so good, why do you have to force people to do it, mm -hmm. right? That's not an individual thought. Because you have a lot of, and I'm not saying everybody's going to be on the side of good government, no government, all these things. You got people right now that are anarcho Christian capitalists, right? You got all these different viewpoints, but those guys and, and, you know, the libertarians and all these other things, what they're looking for is to get rid of government authority. That's, they're looking for, man, there's so much intervention from the government that's happening right now. How do we, can't you just leave me alone? Like, that's no. really the question. I'm not advocating for them at all. Please, please don't misunderstand me. I'm saying... The, the average person now, even the liberal is saying, just leave me alone. I want to be who I am. But they're forcing the government to force you to force you to stay away from me. Yeah. You know what I mean? That is not individualistic in theory at all. And the more authority that you give government, the less individualistic you become. Because if you give them authority to control a mob, oh, dude, watch out. Because then they control the purse strings. They control the reins of it. They control the agenda of it. And, guys, you can't tell me that this stuff wasn't organized. I was watching a video here just recently where in Minneapolis, the group that's actually heading up the protests out there had this plan for two years. They yeah. were like they were wanting this to happen. They were looking for an opportunity for this to happen. I actually said this to someone in our office. I said, mark my words, you won't hear about George Floyd in two weeks. It's been three. We don't really hear about the Floyd. We don't hear no. about, I'm sorry, George Floyd anymore. I was going to say that the, uh, I was trying to say his name. You weren't going to hear about George Floyd. You haven't heard about him. Still hear about BLM. Still yeah. hear about those causes. Now you're hearing uh, Hispanic Lives Matter because I saw this video last night on some, I, I can't remember who sent it to me. This cop, this, uh, a, a black cop was arresting a Hispanic and the Hispanic was bloody. He's in a Walmart, right? The caption said he couldn't understand English. That's why the cops arresting him. And it was 10 seconds long. And of course, I look at my wife, I'm like, come on, there has to be more than this. There was. The guy didn't understand English. The, the store was saying they were closing. They needed him to leave. He wouldn't do that. They called the cops in to say, hey, can you guys handle this? He became belligerent, swung at the cop. <laughs> the cop swung it back, right? Because and this is what's happening in America. You can control a narrative by a mob. Yeah. This is why, guys, it's so be careful. You're not led of emotion because that's what happens with big mob mentality. Okay. When you, when you saw Christ and they saved the 3,000, right? The 3,000. Guess what they did when they went back home? They sold all their positions and gave to the poor. They went back and gave to the individual. The collective idea became back to the individual, but it was not done by a government. It was done by the Spirit of God. Amen. No, I know. Sorry, I'm, I hope that made sense. Yeah, absolutely. Did that no, make sense? I'm, I'm glad you, you connected that. Um, 
And that's that's something that we we have to really start thinking about is what's the bigger picture on all of this? Because a lot of people are going, I, I support the BLM movement because they okay. I support black lives. I, I think black people matter. I think that a lot of injustices have happened in the nation, right? That's understandable. What what we're showing here is the larger picture of what's going on in the society. And unfortunately, BLM is really kind of moving it this way. Now, there's a lot of people who are just kind of part of the flow, but yep. there's also organizers and activists that are guiding stuff. And Massey, like I was telling you before the show aired, the three founders of BLM, they're trained Marxists. They have Go even that. admitted that in 2016. We're trained Marxists. Yeah, and Marxism, we're going to address that next week. Yep. And you're going to see uh, Paul Garner is going to come on with yep. us too. But we're going to address Marxism. And guys, let's just be blunt here. This Saul Alinsky model Marxist mm -hmm. stuff is antithetical and anti-Christ, anti-Christian. It Thank is you. demonic, and it's a teaching that has crept into our nation for the last oh, 100, 150 years, 120 years, I'd say, yeah. in the education systems, where it's literally destroying the foundations of America. That's why you're seeing these uh, things come down, like statues of George Washington, of all things, yep. right? Ministers of the gospel who created shelters for kids are being destroyed because they don't even know what they're destroying anymore. So what I'm talking about, Saul Alinsky said this once in his book, Rules for Radicals, which was dedicated to Lucifer, by the way, and he's got more students like Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. Barack Obama studied it too. And this is what it said. The issue is never the issue. The issue is the revolution. People, we're not concerned about the gay stuff. Or the, that's not the issue. The issue is to turn the people against themselves. And if you don't watch it, we're going to be continuously dividing ourselves. When I'm looking at the news, it is saying we're divided. I'm looking out there and I'm saying, dude, people are united and we're okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so be it's, careful. It's, it's really fomenting. And next week we're going to get into the influences that of Marxism that are getting into this whole collectivism idea. But we wanted to first address individualism versus collectivism to show you at the foundation why individualism is so important in this nation. And the idea of free will and being able to do what you feel you're called to do without the enforcement of that on other people. So I want to go to the next slide, slide three. Now this slide, th th notice this is a blue check mark. This is somebody that is quote unquote respected in, mm. in public, of right? Course. A media figure. Notice this person's calling for conservatives to not only be removed from positions of power, but to be given the opportunity to, quote unquote, voluntarily undergo re-education. Now, I want to ask you, do we really feel that that's a good idea in any sense? Is it ever a good idea to decide that somebody is so far off the trail in their thinking that they must be re-educated in a camp? Wow. Wow. It wasn't me that was saying this. You can Dude. find this tweet online. Now, you got to keep saying that, too, because someone's going to take your, your yeah. quote out of context. Yeah, and they'll, I mean? they'll say these crazy right-wing right. no. conspiracy theories. This is no. your conspiracy theory. This is your theory yeah. that we're exposing here. And and this and you got to get is. bold about it, dude. You have to be – listen, yeah. right now you're at a crossroads. I'm, I'm not no, taking – please, please, please understand. Do it, do it. You're at a crossroads right now where you don't have the choice to stay silent anymore. You don't have the choice to stay silent about Jesus Christ or the power of God in the demonstration. You just don't, right? And the only thing that will destroy the wickedness in this world is exactly what 1 John 3 said. Jesus Christ was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. That is the only thing that is safeguarding you right now. Now, again, what's your lane? What's your road to plow? That's on you. It doesn't matter to me. But you don't have a choice anymore. If you see something that is wrong, now's the time to call it out in prayer and in the spirit. Because that's the only thing that's going to set this thing free. Amen. Truth. Truth is the only thing that's going to set us free right now. Yeah, and we really have to bring it back to the Lord. And, and how does the Lord view movements to control a person's thinking and thought process and ideas? You have to be very careful about that because what you're saying is if I agree to this collective authority, I agree to the things that they're putting forward. Mind you, Marx, an atheist. He was a determinist, evolutionist. Antonio Gramsci, avid atheist, and, and uh, uh, he, he set himself against Christianity, mm. right? 
and you go and I've actually got a presentation that I do when I'm on tour of socialism and I go through the quotes of a lot of the different founders of communism and collectivism and show how atheistic they were in their mindset which if you're atheistic in mindset and you're a social engineer you do not feel Christian you see Christianity as something important you see it as something to be destroyed that's why the Soviet Union was blacklisting people who got mm. baptized. That's right. why the Chinese church Nailed it. has to be underground unless you are, you are approved by the government. Yep. And guess whose picture is up on the wall in the approved churches of China? The leader. The president. Right. Right? Isn't Everything points back to the president. It's not God. It's the president. God put the president there to be the leader of the people, therefore worship the leader. You have to understand, once you get into collectivism, you're going to be forced to buy all the ideals that they have, not Bingo. just some of them. Because the reason we're showing this public shaming thing is to show you what ends up happening even to the people who say they're allies of the group. If you don't say everything they like, you will get chased out. Um, let's go to slide four. I, I want to read this John Locke quote because this sets itself against the whole idea of collectivism. All men by nature are create all men by nature are equal in that equal right that every man hath to his natural freedom without being subject to the will or authority of any other man being all equal and independent no one ought to harm another in his life health liberty or possessions that is john locke my friend that's who we support that's exactly right that's the idea that we get behind. that's right that's right this is that whole idea, Lockean theory, the only reason we support that, and I'm telling you why, is because Locke cared about the individual man before God. He knew, and, and I'm going to kind of go here for a minute. Go you know, it. Scripture talks about where, you know, I'm going to stand before God one day before the judgment seat of God. I'm the one that's going to stand in that seat, and Jesus Christ will be my redeemer by the grace of God. That's what I'll say uh, when that day comes. I have to answer for my own sin, what I did and didn't do, all my works done in darkness and in the light. That's what I'm going to, not the group, not the collective. And you know what happens when you have a collective? Look what happened during the Nazi internment camps. Remember those, uh, uh, what do they call them, the Nuremberg trials? Yeah. They were saying, well, we were just following orders. It wasn't us. I mean, there's no way you can hold us accountable. It was law to kill the Jews. Listen to that. It was law to kill the Jews. It wasn't our fault. We were just obeying orders. Is that similar to, I'm not, listen, before you say that, I'm going extreme here. Okay, because I, I stopped myself. Thank yeah, God. Yep. But look what we're saying today. Well, if the government says it, hey, we might as well do it. They literally slaughtered Jews and they said it was legal to do it. You shouldn't hold us accountable. Thank God for justice, though, because justice was handed to those men. Still, it was like 20 years after the war because yeah. God is sovereign and he's good, right? But you're going to stand before God. When you get punished for a crime, it's on you, not the group. And if we continuously teach the group, it takes the responsibility away from the individual to do the right thing. And, That's the problem. And I want to get into that a little bit. So this is a little preview of next week. Gramsci, which we're going to talk about him Ooh. a lot next week. Yep. Gramsci had an idea of controlling every area of the public. So you had said, if the government says it, we're, we're kind of at that point. Well, if government says it, then it must be good. Well, it's not just government. It's every area of culture. And Gramsci even said he wanted dude. to go after the robes, 100%. The yep. robes of the culture. So what, are, what, is that, what does that mean? The robes of the culture. He wants to go after the professors, the judges, the politicians, the pastors. The robes are those who are represented of the, As the leaders, leaders and pillars, yes, exactly. in the community. So when you go after them and you change their minds and you change the course of what the society Dude. sees, then you can control the entire society and culture and how they view things. So then it's not just the government. 100%. It's your professors that are telling you, oh, well, we well, need to dude, do this yeah. and get rid of the Jews. It's your politicians that are saying it's the Jews that are holding you back. We I'll need to you. get rid of them. I'll tell you, man, like even Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, which, by the way, if you, you can barely find her picture on her website, you got to kind of dig a little yeah. bit. You know what I mean? But even her thing was, we have to get the black minister on board. Mm -hmm. She was successful because she got the church involved to say, this is a good thing. We just have to talk about family planning, right? And all these other things. Her whole idea, though, was we don't want, the, 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 we don't want them to know that we're trying to exterminate the Negro population. That's the problem. Yeah. Behind all this, they're saying, you know, we can do some good. But that good derives from something terrible. In the end, is an agenda mm -hmm. to destroy people. That's, that's really it. Listen, we're seeing out there that they're trying to destroy God's creation. How? Well, they're enslaving people in the mind, 
right? That people right now that they, I find it funny that there's so many oxymorons. Now, you know my position on the wall. I wasn't really for it because yeah. I don't want I don't I don't want a big old wall. I think people, you know, that w- there's law that needs to be upheld, and we should arrest people that come in illegally, right? But I find it funny that those same ones that denounced it when they created their own little city built walls. Built walls. Built how, how the irony works in these situations, dude? That when it's put on them as a responsibility, guess what they want? Individualism. Yeah. Which is what we're talking about this whole time. Individualism. That's all I want. Leave me alone. They want to be in charge of their absolutely, own. Absolutely, dude. Which you're absolutely, absolutely right. Dude. They want to be charged in charge of their own destiny. They want to be in control of their own thing. The problem with collectivism is it decides, well, since I'm now in charge of my own destiny, I want to be in charge of everybody else's. Uh, let's go to slide five. This is Karl Marx. Society does not consist of in individuals. Ooh. Huh. Okay. But expresses the sum of interrelations the relations within which these individuals stand. So all of a sudden he is saying it's not truly the individual that matters in a society, but how they relate to each other. Now, on the surface, we could see that, well, that makes sense. The, the, the sum of the society is how those people inter- interrelate. The problem is Marx doesn't just look at the individuals. Notice he said it doesn't consist of individuals. What he's actually looking at is the movement of groups and how they interrelate. And the thing about Marxism is, is it always pits one group against another. Mm-hmm. You will always have identity groups. You ever notice now suddenly when we talk about politics and elections, we don't talk about people. We talk about groups. Black, lesbian, one-legged people vote this way, right? White, straight, one-armed, blind people vote that way. <laughs> We, we, we don't talk about individuals or just the whole group. We're talking about identity groups. It's yeah. in everything that we're looking at now. The thing is, it's setting groups against each other. And what collectivism does is it decides, well, you're part of this group or you're part of that group. You're part of that group. And you're going to fight each other. And we're going to see who dominates and wins. So then it becomes not only a battle of I, I want more rights. It's a battle of power. It's a battle of authority. In individualism, it's every man taking care of himself and helping his brother in need. That's a much different approach to this. So we, we have to remember that there is, there is something dangerous here that is gaining steam, and that's why we talked about this, the struggle session. It's public shaming. It's it totally public is. humiliation. Totally is, dude. And that's how you get people to submit to your group. Precisely. You shame them. So in other words, what happens is, listen to me, church. Now I'm going to speak on the side of the church here. If you don't teach people their identity in Jesus Christ and that their identity is found under the blood of Christ and that they are God's kids, they will easily be swept up by doctrines of devils. I'm telling you, dude, when they start saying, well, now you need to be public, you need to be you need to be sorry for being white. Listen to you. All my friends who are white, you don't need to be sorry for a thing unless you hate people and you're a racist. Okay, if you've done it, I get it. Go ask for forgiveness to whoever you did it to. Fantastic. But if you haven't, no. I wouldn't submit to that doctrine, and here's why. Because why are they putting on you sins you don't even know? Mm-hmm. Now they've become the judge, jury, and executioner, not the Lord anymore. So now you're listening to a man whose standards are just as flawed as yours, if not worse. Sometimes in some cases, they become the judge. Now you no longer have to listen to the Holy Spirit. I have to listen to them because they feel shame or whatever. I can't take your shame on. How am I supposed to teach you about the overcomer if I take your shame on? If I take your guilt on? If I take your wrath on? The wrath of man doesn't work the righteousness of God, the Bible says in Rome. It, it does not, it cannot, it cannot bring the righteousness of the Lord. This is why it's dangerous and be careful because you're seeing this. It was actually, um, this is why a lot of our founders believed in this individual doctrine because the individual had to go to the Lord himself. Yeah. They had to understand rights and authority themselves. They had to go petition themselves. And when they did that, what happened was it taught every one of us how to be individual. So we weren't just listening to a group. We were actually every one of us participating in a system that would benefit everybody at once. Everybody had to get involved. If you listen to Jefferson's quote, he says this, to take from one because it is thought that his own industry and that of his father has acquired too much. Does that sound familiar? Remember the one percenters or the, 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 the 99, the whatever you call occupied. them? The Occupy uh, Wall Street ones. Oh, they've acquired too much. They have enough, right, in order to spare to others who or whose fathers have not exercised equal industry and skill. In other words, they're saying it because their fathers didn't execute uh, themselves well. Uh, and it says, 
to, is to violate arbitrarily the first principle of association, the guarantee to every one of his free exercise of his industry and the fruits acquired by it. And, and the, the, the whole thing is the Constitution allows us to freely exercise my individual liberty. I'm not giving what I have to other people. I'm giving it to my sons so that they can acquire more to give to their sons. That's how you produce a free society. Yeah. Then no one feels left out. Yeah. If I work hard, my sons benefit from that. You know what I mean? And the individualism is the respect and honoring of a man's free will. So let's boil it down. I want you to just ask yourself a question. Would you rather honor another's free will or would you rather coerce and force a person into agreeing with you? God respects free will. God's the one who provided free will and provide the option. We talk about this a lot. Why did he put the tree in the Garden of Eden? Because he had to give free will. He wanted to hand that gift and he wanted to allow somebody to make a free choice even if it was against him. What you're looking at with this individualism versus collectivism idea is collectivism is the enforcement of the proper way. And then you get into the whole thing of, of the original sin, and racism is the tool that's being used for that. We're not saying that racism didn't or doesn't exist, but it's a tool being used. It's it, The Soviet Union, it was classism. It was the rich versus the poor, the good farmers against the poor farmers. And there was a history of feudalism, of abuse, of slavery, servitude, stealing. That history was there. And that was a, a sore and a blister that got poked by Bolshevik revolutionists. And so then the communists came through and they said, see those people? They got more money than you because the, the system has given it to them. They mm -hmm. built the system to aid themselves. Bingo. Why Does that sound familiar? The same people that talk about collectivism, Marxism, and all these other things, how come they're rich? They're telling, yeah, yeah. they're telling the American people, well, you got all these rich people against you. There's a lot of privilege out there. Listen, dude, I'm going to hit one issue, okay? People are going to get mad that I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. Right? Georgia, you're right. Self-governance. That's exactly right. Uh, it's this. This is so good. I was watching Deion Sanders. Now, if you guys know anything about football, he's probably one of the best shutdown cornerbacks in history. I love Deion Sanders. Right? He got saved. It's awesome. He's not. I'm not saying this is all about him because he didn't yeah. say anything about BLM or anything like that. Not that I know of, anyway. But people are talking about privilege, white privilege, privilege, privilege. Put right. My favorite quarterback of all time, you know, right? And I got a lot of flack for it last <laughs> last episode. Tom Brady. Deion Sanders' son got a private workout with Tom Brady. Yeah. Could I get that? Or was it Deion's privilege that got him that opportunity to do that? That's not bad, bro. Like, you worked your butt off. You know Tom Brady. Good for you, man. You got your kid involved in that. I'm not mad about that, man. Good for you. I'd like to meet the guy one day. I really would, okay. right? But I'm not going to sit there and say, what a jerk. Look at that privilege he has to go meet that guy and have a private session. Dude, I would love my kid to go meet Tom Brady. That'd be awesome. Or meet Deion Sanders. I don't have that opportunity. So the flip what? That's what's happening in these debates, though, because mm -hmm. you have, you're in the wrong. Wrong, dude. You're immoral now. It's a, at wrong. It's absolutely wrong. And again, demonic. And one thing I wanted to point out when you were talking about the whole idea of sins is with, with King David, after he committed his sins, right? He committed adultery with Bathsheba. He had her husband Uriah killed at the front lines. When he asked for forgiveness... You ever notice he said, Lord, it's against you I've sinned Ooh, alone? Oh, yeah, against you and you only have I sinned, he said. Yep, Psalm 51. Think That's about right. that. Everybody would point to that situation and say, no, he sinned against Uriah. He sinned against Bathsheba. Mm. No, what he was saying is God was the lawgiver. God was the one who put down the law. He broke God's law. He has sinned, disobeyed against God alone. Did he commit commit atrocity against other human beings yes but the law that he broke was actually god's so when we put this into today's standards your sin is between you and god hundred percent dude which you need to discuss with the lord but do not let another man decide that he is going to hold Thank your you. sin or lack of sin over preach it, you dude. preach you have to go to the lord so this this I'm going to go Come there. On, I'm going to go there. Go there. This, this, this whole kneeling, bowing thing to other people. Ooh. <laughs> I, got, I got caught for this because I, I posted something you about it. Like, that was it. cool. Yeah, and, and, and Deb uh, Van Dyke from, from Michigan totally called me out on it. She was right. Go ahead. Which, go ahead. I, it's going to flow with you. Okay. I, I, can, I can promise so, you. So this is my issue with this whole thing. And, and actually, the CEO of Chick-fil-A went as far as basically saying, we need to get down and shine other people's shoes. 
I'm not saying you don't serve your fellow man. I'm not saying you don't reach out your hand to your fellow man. Absolutely. That, that is totally the Christian aspect. What I am saying is now all of a sudden you're being told that you have to atone for sins of your forefathers to somebody else. Mm. As opposed to your Lord. There's no discussion about going to the Lord and finding atonement for sins, Bro. let alone the fact whether or not you actually committed sins yourself. Uh, dude, come that, on. We won't even go in that direction. What we will say is if you feel that you're a part of that sinful nature and you're a part of that sin succession, you need to discuss it with the Lord. Bowing on, down to another man is saying, you're the lawgiver over my life. No, 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 no. Come on, dude. Only the Lord is the lawgiver exactly over your life. It, dude. And once you are forgiven by the Lord, you come with new eyes to deal with your fellow man. That's right. You actually improve your relationship with your fellow man because all of a sudden you're coming with a new understanding of who they are. Now, if you come groveling to another person, does it really make them feel better over the long run? No. Or do they decide that They'll it's a stop. greed for it? Yeah. They'll never stop. They'll decide, well, that's, man, yeah, you apologize, yep. but that's not good enough. I need more. No, dude. You, you, we nailed that on the victim victimization yeah. thing that victims will never have enough. That once you give them attention, they're going to want more attention. They're going to want it on something else. And to be honest with you, again, if, if you look at the whole idea of BLM, or, and we're just talking about this specific instance. We, we could talk about other things like church hurt. Yeah. You know, people, there's a sect of that. Uh, Occupy Wall Street. There's a certain the, the, the LGBTQ whole mess that happened with the Supreme Court, which we should talk about probably on yeah. Wednesday, and the Supreme Court, which we will talk about Wednesday, and how that's affecting local communities. Like, why is it that counties like in Martin County can obliterate the Constitution and say, you know, everybody has to wear a mask that works in a restaurant? Whatever happened, again, individual sovereignty, bro. You know what I mean? Like, anyways, so back to the point. So what happens is we remove this conviction from the people then, and we put the conviction before man. Yeah. So then man becomes God. And that's exactly what they want. If they can destroy God, they can get to you. They can, they can enslave you in here and in here. Because, again, man's righteousness will never attain to the righteousness of God. It always changes. How is it two, two three months ago we were saying the only people that should have guns is cops. Now they're saying defund the police. It never ends. Their righteousness is not righteousness. We're not supposed to conform to the world. As a matter of fact, it says the carnal mind is an enemy of God. The carnal mind is an enemy of God. It cannot submit to the law of God. It's against it, the Bible says. It can't be a submissive thing to God. It won't. The, the things of this world will fade one day, but God's word endures forever. It's a word for anybody. It doesn't matter who you are, right? This is why in this world you will have tribulation. But the Bible says be of good cheer because he overcame the world. We're not supposed to conform the gospel to the world. The world must conform to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's where this is at. When you, you put people, instead of groveling to them, have compassion on them, listen to them, and bring them to the foot of the cross, Amen. let God sort them out and change their heart, no longer to be a victim, but to be victorious in Jesus Christ. Then you'll see the power of God. That's why Paul said, I didn't come unto you with words of men's wisdom, but in the power and the demonstration of the Spirit of God, that men would not find their faith in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Amen. There's Absolutely. nothing that I can say to them that's going to change them. Absolutely. It's the power of God that will. Thank you. Whew, okay. No, thank you. I'm so glad you said it that way. That's, that's exactly what needs to be said, is this is about the Lord. And as soon as we replace the Lord with other people and th the wisdom of the world, you notice what the wisdom of the world is? You look how many companies are, are switching their whole process just quick, quick happening. You, all the politicians, quick quick it's all this change of oh we got to get in line with this thought process a christian should always be wary when the world starts tr creating a large thought process why because you have to be careful of the wisdom of the world now yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying crawl into a cave and and stick your gun out at everybody in the world but be careful when the world starts forcing you to to especially in the in the world of sin and Dude. forgiveness the world cannot give you wisdom about sin and forgiveness. Can I ask? Only the Lord can. I'm sorry, dude. No, that, that was it. that was good. I, I didn't mean to cut you off there. That, that was where I was. Anyway. No, you're 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 always on a good train, and I love it. Um, Brian Moriarty just asked this. All right, he said this. This is an individualism versus collectivism thing. He said, "Is it a sin not to wear a mask because some say I'm endangering the public?" 
Good question. That's a very good question. Now, for it to be a sin would have to be something where you're deliberately doing something to somebody. If you don't have the virus, how are you endangering anybody? Could you contract it? Well, I could walk down the street and get hit by a bus, but that doesn't mean that it's sin to drive the bus, right? You cannot base your life on a bunch of what ifs. You only base it on the experience that you have and the giftings that you have. Now, to, to, to call not wearing a mask a sin, again, they've assumed the right of God. They've assumed the authority of God to call it a sin. Now, if you're carrying a gun and you're shooting people, okay, now you've crossed the line where you are physically harming somebody. But in this case, nowhere constitutionally does any government have the right to do something or to stop the individual from doing something that's free especially in business. This is the problem, uh, Brian, and anybody else that's commenting on this, and nobody can prove me wrong about this, this is the problem with too much government. When we get the government involved in how to regulate things like this, then they say, well, we think it's best for you. What, all five of you thought that? What about the 300,000 that live in a county or the 200,000 that live in that county? Or You know what I mean? Like They're saying there was a spike last week. Some about 3,000 know, 3, more people got COVID cases. Had nothing to do, right? And now, again, whatever you think about the virus, I don't care. Had nothing to do that the fact that the last two and a half weeks we've had a bunch of rallies and riots and all these things. It had everything to do with businesses being open because it was the businesses. Now, let's force the business owner to wear a mask because the business owner will contract the mask. He will be the one that has the virus, not the thousands of people walking in and out. It's the business owner that has it. Are you serious? Do you see how, how twisted they got you to believe that if you don't wear a mask, you're, de you're destroying society? When kids are dying in the tune of 60 million in Planned Parenthood? When public schools are destroying our children with, with uh, Marxist thoughts? And socialist thoughts, when our colleges are literally, you have to pay a quarter of a million dollars to destroy your child's foundation in God. You have to pay a quarter of a million dollars to destroy the foundation of God in your kids when they go to college. We're destroying, that has nothing to do with it. Or we're allowing riots and things to happen in the streets, but that's not a sin, right? Or we're allowing corrupt politicians to take over the law and not even follow the Constitution anymore, but that's not sin. Or we're allowing federal judges now to tell businesses that they have to hire someone against their conscience, but there's nothing wrong with that. That's not sin. They're just doing their job. Or we could have people literally destroy emails and servers and all these things, but we can't say anything about that. That's not sin. That's just oversight. Crap. And they're blaming the individual? Come on, man. No. It's wrong and it's slavery. And that's exactly what they're trying to do is they're trying to get you to submit to who they are. These people in these counties right now, literally, it's Frederick Bastia all over. And he said, he said, if the natural tendencies of mankind are so bad, listen to what he said. If the natural tendencies of mankind are so bad that it's not safe to permit people to be free, how is it that the tendencies of, of, of these organizers are always good? How come they can say that, they're, that we're bad and they're good? He said, don't they and their legislators belong also to the human race? Or do they believe that they're made of a finer clay than the rest of mankind? That's individual thought. Bottom line is, dude, I can get hurt at doing anything. I could contract something on the streets. Dude, it, back in the day, remember when AIDS was really hot and prevalent? They were saying if you went to the bathroom and someone had AIDS, and there were, you, you could contract it. Duh. There was no national shutdown for the epidemic of AIDS. <laughs> Which much more dangerous and much more dangerous to kill you yeah. what they're doing is control guys and that's not sin they're the ones sinning against god for trying to force you to do something against their or on their agenda and we're we're not saying at all that if you feel conviction in order to protect yourself and protect others that you shouldn't do that do right? it but not by do force it, not by force do it by the conscience that you have by the holy spirit's conviction of you of i feel that i could endanger other people's lives so i feel that i should be wearing a mask that's completely acceptable. We're talking about the force. There's a quote that I want to quick read from Antonio Gramsci. And I want, I want you, I'm going to twist this a little bit. I want you to think about the enforcement of an ideology and the public shaming, the, the mass bowing and kneeling and, and, and groveling and repeating of ma mantras. And I want you to hear this quote. I don't have a, a slide for this, so don't worry about it. Socialism is precisely the religion that must overwhelm Christianity. I'll read that again. Socialism is precisely the religion that must overwhelm Christianity. In the new order, socialism will triumph by first capturing the culture via infiltration of schools, universities, churches, and the media by transforming the consciousness of society. Wow, dude. 
Do you feel... Can you read that again? I'll, I'll totally read this again. Socialism is precisely the religion that Listen must that. overwhelm Christianity. Point those words out. Listen, they're calling it a doctrine, a religion, something people submit to, like a cultish thing, right? In the new order, socialism will triumph by first capturing the culture via infiltration of schools, universities, churches, churches, and the media... By transforming the consciousness of society. Unbelievable, dude. Now, hearing that quote, I want you to think about what's going on in the bigger picture. That's why we were talking about public shaming. Totally. We were talking about kneeling and groveling and, and repeating mantras. It's You have to look at it in the bigger picture. It's not all in a vacuum. These aren't separate events. This is a movement of the change totally. of consciousness in the culture. Totally. It's being formed and shaped to... To uphold the values of the authority and the coercion of the society. Individualism is upholding the free will of the individual and the belief that God's work on a person's heart will produce value and morals and uprightness. Collectivism says we'll engineer it by force. There's a big difference between those two things, and that's why we're harping on this so Dude, hard. Dude, for real. I don't I, – and, and every time I do it, I hear about somebody else who's like, oh, yeah, I really think this is a good, positive, awesome movement for the country. It's, I've got more work to do. I've got more work to do. My people will perish for a lack of, of knowledge. 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 And, dude, knowledge puffeth up too, man. We could use – the problem with knowledge is – and I preached this the other night – I was at a youth camp for kids, which, by the way, Dominic and Johnny, you guys rocked it. You guys did a great job in your team. All of them did a great job. If you guys are still watching, you guys killed it. Um, is that the right word to use for a youth program? <laughs> they killed it. Um, but it's all right. It's it's. Uh, what were you saying? I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> what did you just say? Let's go back to the let's tape. go back to the topic. I'm sorry, man. No, I, to the tape. I don't I don't remember my last point. Um, so either way. This idea of individualism versus collectivism. You have to remember. I love this topic, dude. Thank you I for bringing too. this up, man. This is good, dude. I, I Sets love people free, this man. stuff. Oh, that, that's what it was. Knowledge puff us up. Mm. So ha, what I said we was get back there. knowledge is good. Knowledge is important. Knowledge is essential to have. But you know what happens with knowledge when you don't use it? The Bible says in Proverbs, you become of a fat spirit. You become lazy and slothful mm -hmm. in spirit. And here's why. Because if it's not applied, it no longer turns into wisdom. Wisdom is what is, is knowledge applied. That's all wisdom really means is knowledge applied. So you can give people wisdom from where you've been or what you've done, right? And so I, I use myself as an example, being overweight. When I was in powerlifting, I was in college powerlifting, I think the first couple of years, I, was, I started getting into it in high school. When I got into college, I started to powerlift really heavy and stuff like that. And I was eating like five, 6,000 calories a day. Well, I got saved in college. I, I almost killed myself. And I thought, well, you know, I, I said to the Lord, I said, you got it. My parents have been telling me about you my whole life. I don't know you. I want to know you. So you saved my life, man, and you completely transformed me. Well, I quit weightlifting because I was like vanity, right? But I kept eating the same diet. So I wasn't working off the calories anymore. And I kept eating and eating and eating and eating. And I ended up blimping out to about 310, 320 pounds, something like that. And I've been like that for a long time. See what happens when you fill yourself with something and you don't use the energy of it? See what happens when you fill yourself with it's knowledge good. and you don't use the wisdom or you, you don't good. apply it. It no longer turns into wisdom. You become spiritually softful and you become those people that become consultants. Listen to me. You become <laughs> consultants. Oh, you should be doing this, guys. You know what, guys? Instead of doing that, this is how you should do it. When they've never touched ministry in their life. They've never gone and before sp spoke publicly in their life. They've never done anything to really affect change in their life. But they'll tell you all day long how to do it. That's dangerous stuff, dude. I don't need consultants. God doesn't need consultants. He needs submitted doers. He needs Amen. people submitted to the will of God and able to stand in the midst of the enemy and fight for him. Guys, listen to me. The gates of hell shall not prevail against his people. It cannot prevail, which means it won't hold us back anymore. We have the authority from God. Listen, I said this this morning. We, we, the, the, the Bible says that Satan is the prince of the power of the air, but he's not the king of the power of the air. My God Ooh. is. And now it's time to take it over. Amen. The prince submits to the king, and it's time to start thinking that way. The prince submits to the king. And the, we're, we're on a kingdom authority. And the beauty is when you start taking action, whatever that action looks like, and you marry it with knowledge and wisdom, you're unstoppable, right? And obviously, as Christians, you have to have the influence of the Holy Spirit. You have to have the power of the Holy Spirit moving you forward. 
because otherwise you can have a lot of knowledge and like Massey was saying, you just puff up and, and you just sit there slothful. You're, you're just kind of yeah, there. Yeah, what does that do? But, but the idea of action is the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit moves you forward. You take steps. You start to learn and gain experience. I tell a lot of people this, this little proverb that I love. A sea captain doesn't get his sea legs sitting in port. Think about that. Mm. You could <laughs> study being a captain of a boat for years and get on a boat and have no clue how to handle a hurricane coming from behind you. It's when you're having experience and you're going out there and you're marrying it with the wisdom and knowledge that you've gained. When you're, when you're using that action to gain experience and grow is when you become unstoppable. So you have to, you have to start somewhere. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of people go, well, I don't know where to start. Just start. <laughs> as bad just as that do, sounds, yeah. just start. How do I dig a well? Start. You dig. Look for opportunities. Be open to opportunities. How many times has somebody asked you, hey, could you volunteer for this this weekend wish, at your church? And yeah, dude. No, nah, nah, I don't feel dude, like it. I, wish I don't know time. what I'm supposed to do. God hasn't told me what I'm supposed to do. You just got asked 40 times in the past six months to do something for the church. Bro, I, I, I wish Pastor Todd was here. He said something this morning that rocked all of us mm. about, he said, some of you will say, man, I'm going to get shamed if I pray for somebody. Listen to me, dude, this was so good. And it actually, cause I love praying for people, but like he's, he said, there's some of you that are afraid to pray for people because, Hey, what if they don't get healed? How am I going to answer them? He said, if you don't lay hands on them ever, they will 100% of the time, never be healed. You will never experience yeah. and taste and see that the Lord is good that way. If you don't step out in faith. Now's your chance to step out. You may look like a fool. Guess what? Paul said we are fools for Christ. It doesn't matter what you look like as long as you're led of the Spirit of God. Everybody will have an opinion on what you do. But guess what? When God tells you what to do and you're submitted to a proper uh, a government uh, church authority, you're submitted to the proper apostolic anointing, prophetic, and all those things, dude, I'm telling you, nothing can stand against your ministry. Nothing. Mm -hmm. And I think people miss that too. They want to start something without submitting to proper authority, dude. Not good especially without the church. I, I know that from experience, but dude, we need to be people submitted to the kingdom of God first. I said this last night or uh, on Friday night, we weren't called as Christians to make a difference. We were called as Christians to bring the kingdom of heaven on earth. That makes the difference. That Amen. changes things. Amen. So this is how you got to start thinking about the individualism versus collectivism. The individual, we are mandated individually by Christ to bring the kingdom of heaven on earth. That's how we pray. Yep. And when we are Christians, we focus on the individual. You don't need to focus on the identity groups. You don't need to focus on the society at large unless you're called to moving for the society at large. You focus on the person across from you. And then you, you go from there. You focus on the next person across from you. Yep. You as a Christian are one-on-one -on -one with other people. And the beauty of that is you spread this fire of individualism on, and free will. You spread the fire of the Holy Spirit to other people, right? So one thing we have to, oh yeah, one thing we've, we've got to do is ask ourselves, what are we going to do? What that, do we do? I think that's the greatest question. Yeah. Most people, when they listen to these things, are like, what do I do? What do I yeah. do? And, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, Dale's wife was telling me this morning, she got sucked into this whole school board thing. And I'm like, good for you. Yeah. Girl. But it's like stepping out, right? But yeah. here's some uh, proper steps that we could take to that. Go ahead. Yeah. So the first thing that we've got is it's vital for conservatives to not stay silent. Thank you. you the are, voice. You are going to be uh, railroaded into having oh, the acceptable opinion. Hey, Massey, did we give a couple of opinions that probably were not popular? Oh, bro. Tonight. I, you know, <laughs> and it, and it kind of comes down to where, like, you know how Paul said, I come into you in weakness, uh, much weakness. Yeah. Your I really believe that, like, he was going to say things that could get him stoned, like, yeah. legit. Like, it, it would get him killed. And in today's society with the culture, no matter what you say on the, the side of liberty, it's going to get you hurt. Yeah. It's going to get you, I mean, whether emotionally, physically, whatever. It's, it's, it's happening now. And it's not that we say these things just to cause controversy. If you notice, we kind of look at each other and we're like, all right, I'm going for it. Because we don't want to cause controversy. We want to give truth. And we want to give what we believe is truly a godly perspective on something. And so we are remiss if we don't speak 100%, it. Yep. 
So we take into account, and we've had this conversation before, we take into account the consequences of what could happen if we speak our minds and speak our voice. But we're also doing it to give you encouragement that you are allowed to speak your voice as well. You're allowed to say how you feel, say what you see. We as conservatives, we're kowtowing right now. We're, we're, we're so giving into this idea of, well, I just got to be silent, let it blow over. You can't do that because there are other people who are also silent that all they need to see is somebody else standing up. And they'll go, oh, I'm not alone. Dude, legit. it's OK. It's OK for me to do this. Also, you must not give in, back down, apologize, or change your opinion purely because the mob has come after you. Yeah. They will not relent. They will not say, oh, okay, he's good. He's good. He apologized. No, they will come after you. They will double down. Now, if God convicts you to change your opinion, let's say you feel it needs to be more nuanced. You feel like, eh, it's too black and white. God has really put on my heart that it's actually more of a gray in this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we've come out and changed our opinion on something or, or said, ah, I think I was wrong on yeah, this. Yeah, you, you, grow, you grow over time. You, you know? do. You gain wisdom. You grow by listening. You That's know? a beautiful thing. That's important. Teachable spirit. Yep. Yeah, you, you're willing to admit where you were wrong. But do not give in just because other people go, how dare you? How dare you voice that opinion? Legit. Don't do it because Legit. they won't ever back down and they won't say, okay, we accept you now. Yeah. You don't have to give into the struggle session. And if you give it power, it will only grow. It'll grow its legs, man. It will get so brutal in how it's approached. Right now, it's still in its infancy. But you notice it's gaining steam. The, the stepmother of the Atlanta police officer being charged with murder, she voiced that she didn't agree with what was being done to him, she got fired by the equity firm that she was working <laughs> for. And if you look at the reasoning that they gave, basically... Th th when you parse out the wording, basically what they said was, we don't like her opinion, and other people feel threatened by her opinion, so we let her go. Legit. So Legit. a stepmother standing up for her stepchild is now fired because she's like, I don't, I don't think he should be getting charged with murder. It's growing legs. You have to stand firm now. You cannot allow it to grow bigger. You cannot feed it. Every time somebody yeah. gives in and says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. you're feeding it. Yep, and right? there's, there's another way, too, getting involved. Now, that's a pretty broad statement. Let me break that down for you for a minute, and, and, and he's going to hit on this a little bit more. But there's getting involved. One, if you feel like it's too much to get involved in with you, you know the best way to talk to businesses is your wallet. It's time to stop supporting businesses that you know are funding these things because the pocketbook talks, folks. Listen to me. The pocketbook talks. One. Second, why not get involved in something like a, a school board or get involved mm -hmm. in your school, son's your daughter's education? Go to the school every day. Figure out what they're teaching our kids, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, why not get involved in the county council, county commission, all those things? Why not get involved uh, in city uh, commission, mayor, something? Like there's something you can get involved in. And it doesn't take much except that you read the charters that they have for that law in that city. That gives you the boundaries of what you can and cannot do. And then you hold the Constitution to, towards that and say, what's individual liberty looking like? That's another way to get involved. And again, I'll get there eventually. Uh, in, in, as soon as my kids get a little older, we'll probably, we'll probably be involved more uh, in, in the politic world because it's, it's so important to have strong voices. I'm not saying yeah. that I'm strong. I'm saying that when you know, you can be strong. When you know and you have knowledge, you can be strong. Uh, the third thing is, when is the last time we've ever taught like a course on the Constitution? So, uh, Brenda McMenamin, I'm sorry, Brenda McMenamin, um, she is uh, one of, probably one of the smartest people I know. Yes, yeah, her, Bill Federer, probably top of the list uh, when it comes to individual liberty, sovereignty, all those things. She is awesome. She's amazing. Matter of fact, I'm going to be interviewing her this Thursday for Revive Talk. I'm going to be one of the guest cool. hosts there. And uh, she, she is unbelievable. She teaches courses consistently. She's teaching courses on that. She's talking about uh, homeschooling, how to effectively homeschool your children. I mean, she's got it to a T, man, where she teaches. And you can take her curriculum and teach it. Institute on the Constitution has a curriculum. It's easy to teach. We used to teach courses on yeah. it all the time. You can get involved and teach the next generation. The only way this will change is by changing a generation. You change a generation, they'll teach another generation. Yeah. It's going to take that kind of work, right? And so those three areas are huge. And Andrew Gurink just asked this. He said, how do we address this in the church? 
brother, that's an individual case by case basis. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, if you attack the pastor and, 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 and him and I have had conversations, but when you attack a pastor and say, bro, why aren't we talking? I'm not saying you have, I'm saying as, as, a, as a rule of thumb, if you go up to the pastor and say, why aren't we talking about this? And he doesn't know anything about it. Of course, he's going to be like, uh, because I don't care. Like, it's not yeah. not my wheelhouse. Right. But sometimes just saying, look, man, can I take you out to lunch and dinner? I just I got to talk to you about this, man. It's just something that's strong in my heart, you know, and talk about the foundation of America. You know, we have these videos called uh, called the Christians uh, we mm -hmm. made for pastors made it very simply. It wasn't a rebuke at all. It was just showing them new things like, hey, did you know this about history? Did you know this about the foundations? It's just like, and then I would tell pastors whenever I'd meet with them about them being skittish about me talking about this, I would always say to them, imagine if a government came in and told you, you can't use your Bible for your sermons anymore. That's exactly what they're doing when they say we can't reference the constitution or they upend it. We lose our rights. We lose everything that America stands for. Same thing in the church. If you can't talk about scripture and you can't talk about individual rights that come from God, then what's your church about? Like, really? So you just, it's really building relationship first, which is more crucial than anything. And then third, bro, I'm just being honest here, fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer changes things more than anything. When you really labor over someone's soul, uh, especially a pastor, because, dude, there's a lot going on in their world. They've got a lot to deal with. I'm not saying it's easy for them. And, dude, there's going to be churches that flat out will reject this. It's yeah. okay. You know, and then you got to find a place where it's like either, A, you're going to stay there to, to help change it and shift it, B, you've got to find a place that accepts it and we can preach it and use that tool to, to influence the nation or influence your county or influence your city, right? So there's three things right there. And I hope that makes sense, Andrew. I hope I answered your question uh, right there, bro. I, I hope that made sense. Uh, let's see. There you go. I, I'm, yeah. I'm done with those getting yeah. involved points. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That's fine. And one thing that you had brought up, and, and this will be the last one, we'll round this out. Um, bringing up the next generation we have to really have a focus on what is going on with the next generation. Remember that Gramsci quote that I read, education, education. What are we doing in terms of our kids' education? Are we just sending our kids off to public school and allowing them to get that education, not, not getting invested in what they're thinking and where they're at and how they're feeling? They're seeing all of this craziness go on, and they're going to go one of two ways, and it, unfortunately it depends on where the emotions are at. And, w and what attaches to the emotions and kids are very easily swayed by an emotive situation and the reason I say that is they're going to see a lot of stuff of emotion and and frustration and empowerment and it's going to sound good to them and you through your example of how you live look you can't talk about any of this if you're not leading a good example in their life. That's the problem. If they don't respect you, That's they're exactly not going to listen to anything you yeah. say, and they're going to actually go the opposite yep. way. Because your walk has to be everything. Yeah, you have to start on you, right? That that whole that make your bed dude, thing. Seriously, you have to take care of yourself as an individual. Absolutely. As you build that example, they'll more and more respect you, and the more they respect you, the more likely they are to listen to your opinion and how you feel about things and where you think things should be going. Point them back to Christ, obviously. Build their relationship with Christ. That is vital. That, that's more important than anything else. This country, this world can fall. It matters where their relationship is with Christ. And as that builds, and as you're praying for your children, praying for this next generation, it can move forward and God can do real things. You have to have that faith. Totally. If you don't have that faith that God can do real things, then we're done. We're shutting it down. We're, it, it's game over. But we have that faith that God can do it, and God will do it. We have to be praying for it. We have to be on our knees for God, it yeah. to God, right? So with the end of that, what I want to do is, is I, I actually want to end this in prayer. And, you know, I think, I think we really need to approach prayer on this. So before we do that, don't forget, share this, like it, comment, go to the website, support us if you can. If you can't, at least give a little encouragement. Let us know you're out there. And don't be afraid to share this. And if somebody's like, these guys are idiots, turn them towards us. We'll take it. <laughs> yeah, dude, we'll we, answer we, their questions. We, we do it all heat. the time. Yeah, we, we <laughs> take the heat. We're okay with that. So with that being said, you know, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much Amen, bro. for the beauty of this. Amen. We thank you, Lord, that actually the mask has been taken off and we're seeing things for what they are Amen. in this society and culture. And, Lord, we just pray right now, we as 
our audience, as us, as a body of believers, Lord, we pray that your hand would be involved in all of this. Lord, we pray that you would stir up spirits, you would stir up hearts to move forward in faith in your mission, Lord. I pray, Lord, that more people would come to you, that their eyes would be open to who you are as God over us. That we would walk in your power, your assurance, your faith, Lord, so that no matter what falls away from us, Lord, we know we have you. Lord, we thank you so much for the beauty of what you're doing. Lord, we just pray now. We are on our knees. We are united in this this thought, in this prayer. Lord, we're praying for our nation and our world. We're praying that you would turn men's hearts back to you. We were praying that you would open up the floodgates of the Holy Spirit to change this entire society and culture, that our eyes would turn back to you, Lord, and we would raise our hands to you and acknowledge you as the one true God, Come on, dude. the only one who deserves worship and praise, the only one who deserves bowing down to. Lord, we thank you so much for the beauty that you are. We thank you for your love over us. We thank you for your patience and your mercy over us, Lord. Lord, we thank you for all things in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Have a great night. Yeah, with that, just go to theselfevidenttruth.com. Again, get yourself a hat. Get a new shirt. Support your boys because this is how we keep going. We love you. Good night. All right. Love you guys.